How whoever's name is not written in the Book of Life will be cast in the lake of fire. That scared me, and that really kind of opened my eyes that I needed a Savior. My name wasn't written in there. How do I get in there? How do I um, get saved? How do I know I'm going to heaven? Right, those yeah. things. And so that drove me to answer those questions. You know, the gospel, Jesus Christ, His death on the cross. Hi everybody, welcome back to Planet and God. My name is Larry Lubensky and today we have the first bonus episode for you. Um, I'm here with my friend, Mr. Bill Van Dyke, and uh, Bill is starting up a new YouTube channel called The Faithful Word, and uh, we'll put links in the description box below. Uh, but today for our bonus episode, we thought it'd be great to bring Bill in and talk over the four views, the four primary views of Revelation. So, Bill, why don't you give us a little introduction about yourself and, and your channel? So, way back when I was born, and then, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, I became a Christian probably 1988, summer 1988. Um, and been fellowshipping in like the assemblies, the Brethren Assemblies, for, since all that time. Um, I've been an elder and I'm still an elder, uh, preacher, teacher. Um, I travel other other assemblies to teach and preach. Um, it's been a real blessing uh, meeting Larry, having a fellowship with us, learning all kinds of neat things. Um, but I'll tell you one of the the biggest things is the book Revelation because that's how I got saved. Uh, Revelation in chapter 20 where it talks about how whoever's name is not written in the book of life will be cast in the lake of fire. That scared me and that really kind of opened my eyes that I needed a savior. My name wasn't written in there. How do I get in there? How do I um, get saved? How do I know I'm going to heaven? Right, those yeah. things. And so that drove me to answer those questions, you know, the gospel, Jesus Christ, his death on the cross. And that really turned my life around. So the book of Revelation to me is a very special book. Nice. I love it. Um, so when you asked me to do this, I was like, huh, I love this. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah, that's but, great. So your channel, what are the topics that you're going to be covering on your channel? Well, so I've been praying about what my channel is, call it the faithful word. Um, it's basically going to be the Bible, everything about the Bible, theology, different mm -hmm. things like that, which we can go in any direction, right? Right. Um, as the Lord leads. But I really want to go through uh, end times, uh, last days, yep. chronologically, uh, like we just did in our Friday Night Light yep. study. And that way it'll be out there and everyone will be able to see it nice. and, and view it and things like that. Because I really think chron going through it chronologically really sets yeah. it in your mind. It does. And um, that's what I want to do for people. Yeah, we learned a lot going through 
eschatology chronologically. It took us, what, two years, three years? Two years. To go through it um, in our Friday night study. And uh, so it's kind of kind of worked out kind of hand in hand with Emily and myself doing Revelation, Bill doing eschatology in a chronological fashion. Um, so you're going to see a lot of linkage between the two as Bill starts putting out videos. Um, we'll link over to his channel for things that are in more depth, more detail yeah. um, than, than what we're going to cover. Yeah. So today we're going to go through the four views of Revelation. Um, there's four primary ones. There was a fifth that you and I had talked about previously, but I don't think we need to cover it. Which one was that one? I don't even remember. But oh, I remember you I brought it, it up worth it. and it wasn't worth it. No. Um, so we'll go through the four main views. Okay. Um, Bill, do you know what they are off the top of your head? Well, you've got the future. Okay, number one is the futuristic view, yep. right? But I think on your list, that was the last one. It is. So um, you have an allegorical view. Yep. You have a finished by AD 70 view. Yep. You have its life view. And I know it's it's actually called something else. Yep. But Revelation is being played yep. out throughout the history yep. since the time of its writing to now. Yep. And then, of course, the futurist view. Right. So... In a in a lame way of saying it, I just said it. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the official official wordings because I have notes and Bill doesn't. <laughs> um, you've got the allegorical approach, yeah. the historic symbolic approach, the idealism, and the futuristic. Yeah. So yeah, I I swapped that order because I figured we'd go through the ones that are crazy first. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and again, you know, once we get into allegory, you'll understand why. Exactly. So let's 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 get into it. Okay. Um, allegory, the allegorical preterist approach is another another term for it. Yep. Um, what does this view teach in essence? So preterism basically teaches that the book of Revelation was concluded at AD seventy when Rome walked in, destroyed the temple, destroyed Jerusalem, right. and then also, again, went up, Masada killed the Jews. Right. That was it. Nero is the Antichrist. Um, and so they believe it's all finished. The whole book is finished. Uh, so that's really that view in a nutshell. Right. And so how would one that subscribes to this view kind of approach the Bible? So... Interestingly enough, because in talking with some people who are preterists, they would take your normal, like the Gospels, the letters, mm -hmm. in a normal, natural usage. Right. When it comes to prophecy, they use what's called allegory. Yep. And they allegory, if you don't know what allegory is, maybe Larry's gone <laughs> over this before, but allegory is when I look at something and I make up what I want it to be. Right. I mean, that's the loose... Uh, way of saying it right and and something i've cop i've covered in a number of of channels and i will actually um give credit where credit is due since he's here the yellow dump trunk analogy that is spurned from mr bill van dyke yeah actually um, it's my son but okay he's the one jake is really the one but it's true you can look at like yep. you look at that thing over there like that monitor that controller that whatever and you can say what is that oh it's a yellow dump truck well no it's not yeah but allegorically i can make up my own understanding of what that is and i'm right right there's no yeah. frame of reference outside of me right and when you have that then what about the word of god yeah right 
I can't, then can I go to the Word of God to correct you? No. Because right. it's me that is making the decision. Right. So. That's, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, so just fly on the wall here. Um, are there any merits or anything we should consider that could be good about this approach? Um, so it, it was interesting. I was just reading in the book of Acts today. Yeah. And it actually uses the word allegory. This is an allegory. Yep. So the Bible itself does have allegory, but it tells you it's allegory. Yeah. So it's not bad because allegory is a part of grammar. Right. Right? Just like a parable is part of grammar. Yep. Your, or an acronym or different things like that. That's all part of grammar. But to use it as a blanket over one-third of Scripture, which yeah. is prophecy, well, that's not good. Right. Right? So... Is there a good way to use it? Yeah, when it's when it's necessary. Right, when it's when it, called out. Yeah, when it's called out. Right. But to use it as a general th rule of thumb, the answer is no. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I was actually, um, I've been studying in Galatians for the past few weeks, and uh, Paul does the same thing in mm -hmm. Galatians. He says, hey, this is an allegory, or this can be used allegorically, and then he tells you how he uses it allegorically. Yes. Yep. It's not like, I'm not reading it allegorically, Paul's telling me. This is an allegory. Right. Right. So it's more so used as an example than it is, like you said, the general rule. Of yeah. Thumb. Yep. Yeah. Because there are rules for interpreting the Bible correctly, and it should be used for the entire thing. Right. Not just a section of it. Yep. So, yeah, for sure. Cool. So the next one on my list um, is the historic or symbolic approach. Um, so what does this view kind of tell us? Well, is it the historical is it's the book Revelation is is the understanding of church history throughout yes, the ages. Throughout the ages, right? So I guess I don't know where they get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The, so when I was studying this one, um, what I what I found is that it's it's a Revelation is a panoramic view of the Church Age. So it started at um, Acts, right? Yeah. With like Revelation one through three, you have like Acts and the Epistles, and then the rest of it is kind of like this um, battle of good and evil, if you will. Uh, where everything is an allegory again, everything is symbolic, and referencing two different approach, different attacks on the church through the ages. So it's kind of a very weird, weird way. And and at the end of the day, they they say that Revelation is more of a spiritual challenge to the Christian. So it, <laughs> wow, that now see that's very interesting because. If you've studied the book of Revelation, you know that it has its own outline. Yes, it right. It, in chapter one, it outlines itself. Yep. The things that were, the things that are, and the things that will be. Mm -hmm. So, if you want to look at like church history, you can actually just look at the seven churches of Revelation, right? Because right? there's a good you can you can extrapolate that into history. But to look at like chapters five through twenty-one, right, and say that's been church history. Yeah. How do you do that? Because there's specific events right. and, and, that and individuals and yeah. people that 
are in that time that are not. I mean, again, you have to spiritualize everything to make yeah. it work. Right. And then what you spiritualize can be different than what I spiritualize it as. Right. And there's no consistency. You know what's funny, though? I've always found this funny about allegory. Why is it that when people use that system, they all end up on the same page, right? Yeah. Why, do, why does everyone that believe in a preterist view all end up on the same page? If it's true allegory and it's up to me, mm -hmm. everybody would be different. Right. Right? But what they're doing is they're reading the first guy and his thoughts and they're saying, oh, that must be what it is. Yeah. Well, then it's not really allegory. It's his allegory. It's not right. your allegory. Right. And the same thing with this. How do you... How do you place all these things in history yeah everybody should have a completely different view yep but yet they all have almost the same view right they start with the the first guy the loudest voice in the room you know said his piece and everyone's like oh that's the one we should follow because yeah. he's the loudest right it, so to me it just doesn't make sense <laughs> and so another thing too i mean you know this about me but <laughs> i am a design engineer so Things have to like w fit yeah. and work right in the system, right? And that's the engineering mind. I mean, yeah. you're a computer programmer, right? Yep. It's, it's the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. So I can't understand when things don't click right, right? Because this—that's what the scripture does. Things yep. fit together perfectly. Yep. And these things just don't fit. You have to spiritualize it. it means they don't fit. Right. Right. And it just—it does—it bothers me. Yeah. So. I, don't, I just can't understand how they come to those conclusions. Yeah, me neither. It doesn't make sense. It, it really doesn't. The next one we'll talk through here is the idealism, or idealist approach. So what do you think about that one? So give me a, give me a frame of reference right. for idealism. So frame of reference would be that Revelation is a grand picture of the forces of good versus the forces of evil. Think of it like uh, Lord of the Rings, right? You, the, the Revelation is like Lord of the Rings, or it could be um, the Avengers, right? right? You've got this team of good versus this team of evil, and it's just going to come clashing together in this grand battle. Who believes this? <laughs> there are actually a number of people that... that that believe it. Again, they have to hyper-allegorize everything to to come to that conclusion. And it's just, it's, you spiritualize everything, you allegorize everything, and it's just the, the events that are recorded in Revelation are not literal events that will literally happen. Again, <laughs> I mean, so... You could just clip the allegory portion and just stick it here, yep. just like with the other two, right. and it would fit. But think about this. The great battle between good and evil, what does that mean? Yeah. I mean, you've got God who is supremely good, holy, righteous, just, right. right? And you've got Satan, who was Lucifer, who was a created being. Yep. Even though he tries, he's never going to win. No. It's not like he has a chance. Yeah. Right, he's gonna get squashed like a bug before he, he even gets a word out. Right, so we know the end from the beginning. We know who wins in the end. We know that he gets thrown in the lake of fire. So how can it be a picture of the battle between good and evil? It just, it just, I <laughs> doesn't work. I guess I just I think to myself, 
okay, in, in, in a small respect, I can see this. You yeah. know, there's, you know, because listen, as a believer, right, you're walking in a world of, that's of its father, the devil, mm -hmm. right? He is the prince of the power of the air. Yep. Um, and we, as unbelievers, we used to walk in his ways. Right. And as a believer now, we are trying to do what the Lord wants, but you're fighting your old nature. Yep. So there is a spiritual battle in that way, but how do you take the book of Revelation and spiritualize it as yeah. that? Yeah. When again, there's people and events and yep. things that happen specifically on the planet. Right. Right? Yeah. Stars falling from the heavens. Yeah. You have earthquakes. Earthquakes. You yeah. have um, battles. Right. You have people that show up. You have words that are spoken. You know, all these things are actual events. Right. And I, I guess if you want to go back, Larry. Yeah. You have to go back to what does it say? What does it mean? Yep. Then what do I do with it? Right. If you don't do it in that order, you're in trouble. Exactly. A lot of the people that do this, they start with what does it mean? Yeah. Then they go, what does it say? Yeah. And then... And you, so you can get into the exegesis, eisegesis. Right. Have you ever talked about that? A little bit. So eisegesis is taking a system or a philosophy or something and placing it onto the scriptures right. so that it fits what you think. Exegesis is wiping your mind, mm -hmm. reading it, what does it say, and pulling out what it says. Right. Regardless of what I think about it. Yep. And when you use eisegesis instead of exegesis, you, you're going to be, become a cult. You're going to go wrong. You're going to have false teaching, yep. right? And so there's just things that have to be in the foundation of how you study the Word of God. Right. Otherwise, you're going to go off. Yep. And we don't want that. No. And, and a lot of the folks that use, especially this idealist approach, come from the Kingdom Dominion, Kingdom Now, New Apostolic Reformation folks that want to see the world become Christianized. Because once the world is fully Christianized and we take over the seven pillars of the world, um, then Jesus will come back. Isn't that funny, though? Look yeah. at the world. It's worse than it was two years ago. Yep. Way. They're doing a great job. They are. Really? <laughs> I mean, so in other words, are you trying to say that like China has to become Christian? Yeah. That... Russia has to become Christian. Right. Iran yeah. has to become Christian. Yeah. Where is it? Exactly. Not happening. It's been 2,000 years. <laughs> and what's interesting, one last point. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how. But think about the parables of the kingdom. Yep. Right? When Jesus gave the parable of the leaven. Yeah. And how it leavens the whole lump. Yep. He's essentially saying things are going to get worse, yep. not better, right? And that's what we see in reality. Yeah. Therefore, if you have a system that looks at the world like as the kingdom dominionists, yeah. and it goes against what Jesus even told us right. the world's going to be like, well... It kind of doesn't match. Something's not right and something needs to get tossed. Yep. So... Yeah, it, to me it just doesn't make sense for me. All right, now that's great overview of the first three. Um, 
pretty much all allegory to get there on a, across the board. Yeah. Um, so there's one more, and that is the futurist view. And I would say that this is the view that you and I both subscribe to. Yep. Um, because it's the one that makes the most logical sense. Yes. So what does this view teach us? So the view actually teaches us that the book of Revelation has the smallest portion is a picture of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's what it says. And then you have John being told to write these letters to the seven churches, which are in Asia Minor. Yep. And they were actual churches. And he wrote actual letters that they would read. And then he says he's taken into heaven and he's shown things to come. And those things to come are actually events that will happen sometime in history. Yep. They haven't happened yet, but one day they will. Right. So when you read through the book of Revelation, you see what has happened, the letters that were written, and things that are coming upon this earth. Right. And you can trust it. And you can believe it. Yeah. Right? Because we're using the literal historical grammatic to interpret what is written. Right. Right? Rules. Exactly. You put rules around it and then you can understand it properly. Yeah. In its context. Exactly. And, you know, that goes to the point earlier, the book has its own outline. Yes. It's the only Bible, the only book in the Bible that gives you an outline. Yes. And he, he matches it, right? Yep. Um, and what's even great about this view is that it you can look to the Old Testament and pull in other scriptures, like from Daniel, Zechariah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, right? Yep. You can see similar themes in Revelation as you can see in, um, in those books. Yeah, and remember, so the book of Revelation is great to have, yep. and it's great to read on its own, but you are not going to be able to understand a th many things in it <laughs> yeah if you do not know yep. daniel ezekiel joel yeah isaiah right you're not gonna know because there are things back there that yep. play into what is in revelation exactly. and there's also you know if you want to even add in the pre-trib rapture of the church right you've got first corinthians you've got thessalonians right right there are passages there so you it's not just that book. Right. That book coincides with other books. Yep. And you have to bring them in. Yep. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not bad to read Revelation and right. know it, right? <laughs> and, and think it's really cool and wow, all these things are going to happen and stuff like that. But if you want to know it and understand it and put it in its order, you have to have those other things. Yeah. yeah. I think um, I mentioned it in our, or Emily and I mentioned it in our introduction to Revelation video, that between the different commentators that, that we were pulling notes from about the book itself. You know, we get, did a high-level overview of the book. And between the different commentators, there was, uh, depending on who you read, between 400 and 800 references to Old Testament passages, yeah. either direct quotes or just a reference in general, an allusion to, four to 800 yep. in the book of Revelation. So, like, you really need to know the rest of it to fully understand. Yeah. And case in point, you've got... The book of Revelation, the tribulation period that goes from the signing of the covenant, which is not shown in the book of Revelation, but right. it is shown in where? Yeah. Daniel. Yeah. So you have the Antichrist show up, right? First seal. Yep. 
and then go all the way to the second coming of Christ, that's seven years. Well, where does that come from? Is there anywhere else in Scripture that talks about that period? Well, yes. Mm -hmm. Daniel. Exactly. But what about like the last three and a half years? There's more references in the Old Testament about the three and a half. Right. So you have a bulk of information in Revelation, but you have where else can you pull something from, right? Yep. You have Matthew 24, another yep. big one. It the is abomination huge. of desolation, yeah. right? That plays into Revelation. There's just all these things. Right. So you have to have them. Right. You have to. And again, understand with the futurist view, unless the text calls for allegory, you're not using it. No. Now, here's something to throw back. There's a lot of weird things that show up in Revelation, aren't there? Yeah. Visions. Visions. Right? Yeah. Different things that come out of the ground. Yeah. yeah. What do you do with those things? Right. Right? So, do you allegorize them? Do you... Here's another way that you can go off a little bit, and it's called newspaper theology. Yep. So, you take what's in the news, and you put it into the text, and you can do this a lot with prophecy. Yep. Um, let me just tell you, back when I got saved, we had the Gulf War. Yeah. Right? And in the Gulf War, you had Saddam Hussein, Purple Turban, yep. all these helicopters, all this stuff. Everyone thought it was the book of Revelation. Yep. Coming true. Right. Yeah. Because they were taking the newspaper and putting it in the text. So that that right there shows you newspaper theology yep. is not what you should be doing. Well, a lot of people were doing that uh, recently with the, the, the injection. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm not yeah. going to officially say it because it might get us kicked off, but the injection... Yeah. Right, people. This is the mark of the beast. Yes. Uh, no, it's not. It might be a prelude to. It might be a, a technology that he uses. Right. But the beast isn't here, and people aren't taking it out of worship. Yes. Like that's completely different. Right. And so you just have to be wary. Yep. And again, it's not allegorizing. It's what does it say? What does it mean? What do I do with it? Right. Right. And that's how you have to be with every book, chapter, verse of the Bible. Yep. You have to. So, and that's especially true with prophecy. Because, you know, prophecy, you could really go awry uh, allegorizing it. Yep. And not using the rules of interpretation. So for sure, and the book of Revelation is a great book when understood rightly. Yeah. It's a great book. In fact, there's a verse in the book of Revelation that says, Blessed is he who reads the words of this book and understands yep. the words of this book. So it, there's a blessing to go along with it. Yep. But it, there's also the warning at the back, right? Right. If any man adds to this, he adds the plagues of the book of Revelation. If anyone takes away, he takes away your part. Of the tree of life essentially yeah judgment right so you don't mess with the book of revelation just read it take it for what it says understand it and be blessed that jesus christ wins right he sets everything exactly. right he takes care of the evildoers he takes care of the people of israel and he takes care of those who who trust him so i mean that's huge yeah huge it is it's amazing yeah <laughs> cool well that's all that we had for today um, thank you Bill for coming on again 
Um, he's at The Faithful Word. Link's in the description below. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this bonus episode, and we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks for having me, Larry. No See problem. See you guys Thanks. later. Bye.